This is the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Jen's on her birthday vacation, so Whitman brought in the Answer All-Stars. Q Hewitt, Dennis Prager, Michael Medved, and Larry Elder taking on our lovable liberal. Good luck, guys. Just toss him an occasional softball. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday morning answer. Feels like Monday, but it's already Tuesday. We are waiting on Larry Elder, who is going to be in here momentarily, to uh, go a few rounds with the lovable liberal. This is fun. The answer all-stars. Having a good time with this. Want to thank Dennis Prager for joining us uh, the last couple of days. And, of course, the great Don Dix for joining us. By the way, no word yet on whether or not Hugh Hewitt is running scared. I have heard from pretty good sources that Hugh Hugh Hewitt is fearful of his appearance tomorrow and is apparently uh, not sure whether he has the cojones to show for the program. So I guess we will find out uh, tomorrow with Hugh Hewitt, Larry Elder, scheduled to uh, be in here shortly. Over the weekend, maybe you saw this, in the wake of the Parkland school shooting, hundreds of students, elected officials, gun control advocates, and community members gathered for a gun control rally in front of the federal courthouse in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. This happened on Saturday. They're saying things like, enough is enough and never again. Hundreds of students, parents, activists, current and former teachers, local and state federal officials echoing these messages during a gun control rally Saturday on the steps of the federal courthouse in Fort Lauderdale. Principal Thompson of the uh, Stoneham Douglas High School had this to say on the high school's website. On Wednesday, we experienced an unthinkable act of violence. My heart is breaking for the victims' families in our entire Stoneham Douglas community. I really need to thank the students and the staff for their heroic efforts on Wednesday, putting in place our procedural protocols that we practice quite regularly. I truly, truly believe that lives were saved due to those protocols. Thank you to the first responders for getting here quickly and coming in the masses. I've never seen such a force of power get here in such a short amount of time. Thank you to the school district local, state, even federal authorities for all their support and their continued support moving forward. We've gotten such an outcry of support worldwide via email and social media. And I thank you on behalf of the whole Stillman Miller's community. We'll hear a bit more from the principal in Parkland, Florida. And then Hugh Hewitt, I guess, is on the line defending uh, the uh, what he says is a fact that he will be here tomorrow to go mano a mano with me on the morning answer. I've received some media inquiries. And right now, my number one job is to be here for my staff, my students and our community in this time of need. You know, we lost 17 lives on Valentine's Day. That's supposed to be the International Day of Love. We're gonna take the love that we got lost on Wednesday and we're gonna spread that over the next day, weeks, months, and maybe even years. <clears throat> the love you've shared and continue to share is gonna help us get through these trying times. And Eagles, I promise you, I will hug each and every one of you as many times as you need. And I will hold you as long as you need me to for all 3,300 of you and your families. And we will get through this together. Our community is strong. Our students are strong. We will persevere in these trying times. As you can see on the media, my staff and my students are living our motto. Be positive, be passionate, and be proud to be an Eagle. 
We are MSD Strong. Continue to send us your thoughts and prayers. And God bless the Stoneman Douglas Eagle Nation. Okay, that's the principal there of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. We have uh, on the line, oh, look at this. Uh, coming in tomorrow, part of the answer, All-Stars, ready to do battle with me. Apparently, uh, are the rumors are untrue, Hugh Hewitt. You're not running scared. You are going to show up for the broadcast tomorrow. You know, Gru, I'm driving home from my 3 to 6 a.m. shift in California, and I hear myself assailed by you. The principal, by the way, is very moving. I did not know their nickname was the Eagles. I went to a high school whose nickname was the Eagles. Oh, really? Very moving principal, yeah. I bet the Eagles... But I hear you you slander me this way. Slander? I will be there tomorrow, but I have to tell you. Mm. I have to tell you, Brent. The guy you had in yesterday, he's, he's just—he's not going to make it. Was it Denny Pruger? Not good. Not that was not top shelf. <laughs> not going to make it. It was uh, Dennis Prager, an encore presentation on the morning answer. So, so you will be in tomorrow, Hugh Hewitt. I got my pencil out. I'm going to write you down. What time am I going to see you tomorrow, Hugh? You're not going to see me. I'm going to connect in from my remote studio deep in the bowels of. Uh, Los Angeles, because I can't get from my studio to your studio. I know, but I'm playing radio. So at radio time, what time do we see you? Six or seven? Oh, six or six or six. Oh, six. Look at this. I'm not like Larry Elder. I don't see bankers hours. (laughs) No no freaking way. Where is Elder? No. Did he he sign up for two out of three hours? Yeah, apparently. Apparently, Elder's coming in at uh, seven o'clock. I remember when they used to be nice to me like that around here. Those days are gone. Goodness, you you got Prager, Elder, and Medved, and they're all just not showing up or bringing their A game. I think Dennis was asleep yesterday. You slip him on the Ambien or something? No, Dennis was fine. Now that is rude. Dennis was fine. Dennis did a. Him afterwards, I had to get him some coffee. Oh, please, you drug your co host. Look, you better let me tell you something, Hewitt. You better just be ready to go mano a mano tomorrow. It is gonna be a uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be the war to settle the score. Uh, Hewitt and Whitman. I just wanted to correct the record because I was slandered. Go back to your show, Brian. I will speak with you in the morning. All right, see you then. There he goes. That's uh, Hugh Hewitt. Oh, wow, he sounds ready to go, and I'm ready to go. So, I think everybody's ready to go. Hugh Hewan, tomorrow morning, confirming, despite all of the vicious rumors that have been uh, filtering throughout the radio station, he says he will, in fact, be here tomorrow. For, how about that? At 6.06 for the entire 6 o'clock club. He's not going to miss a second. Also, uh, you got to hear from the students here from Parkland, from uh, Stoneman Douglas High School. They are fighting back. They are going to be demonstrating on March 24th. Here's David Hogg, one of the student leaders. President Trump, you control the House of Representatives. You control the Senate and you control the executive. You haven't taken a single bill for mental health care or gun control and passed it. And that's pathetic. We've seen a government shutdown. We've seen tax reform, but nothing to save our children's lives. Are you kidding me? You think now is the time to focus on the past and not the future to prevent the death of thousands of other children? You sicken me. A student from Parkland uh, calls on all elected officials to do something or to get out of office if they're not inclined to do something about the gun situation. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. If you have a good idea, let's work together as Americans and come to a compromise. Because in politics, if no one side ever wins, it's always through compromise that changes happen. I don't want anybody saying uh, just, I'm so sorry. I want you getting out there. I want people doing things about this. If you can't do something about it, get out of office. 
because this is our future. Okay, that's David Hogue, David Hogg, uh, one of the students there. We're learning more from the FBI and from the Broward County Sheriff's Department about what they did or did not know about the shooter. Uh, Steve Israel, the sheriff in Broward County, uh, indicates that uh, dozens, more than, well, looks like about two dozen calls here were made for service to the address where the shooter lived. Take a listen to this. We have uncovered at the Broward Sheriff's Office that we've had approximately 20 calls for service over the last few years regarding the killer. We will continue to follow up as we do with any investigation. We want to try and find out why this killer did what he did, what we could learn for it, and how we could keep our kids safe moving forward. So every one of these calls for service will be looked at and scrutinized. If we find out, like in, in any investigation, that one of our deputies or call takers could have done something better or was remiss, I'll handle it accordingly. That's the sheriff from Broward County. As we continue Morning Answer, Brian and Jennifer. Jennifer's on vacation. Larry Elder, the sage moments away, filling in here as the Answer All-Stars make their way through. A stunning revelation from an FBI agent out of Miami, which uh, changes in many ways the way I think a lot of people are viewing this case out of Parkland, Florida. We'll share it with you as we continue. It's a Tuesday Morning Answer, 616. This is The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Yeah, Jen's out this week, so it's The Answer All-Stars. All this week, it's Whitman and Hewitt and Prager and Medved and Elder. Let's spin the wheel of Answer All-Stars. Okay, this morning we get Larry Elder at 7 o'clock uh, coming in, going to do battle with me. Larry Elder, not afraid. Hugh Hewitt confirming that he'll be here at 6.06 tomorrow. He also is sounding very confident about his engagement with The Morning Answer. That'll happen tomorrow. And I want to thank Don Dix, Dennis Prager, many Answer All-Stars who have already participated in this very exciting format. We appreciate it very much. On Friday, maybe you noticed the release uh, of a statement from the FBI uh, uh, where they are confirming that um, that a call came in to some public information line or public access line on January 5th of this year. Uh, best here if I let the FBI, uh, I believe his name is Lasky, Agent Lasky, FBI Agent Lasky out of Miami explain the situation. Uh, this all, of course, uh, regards Nicholas Cruz, the shooter. Uh, in that horrific high school shooting last week in Parkland. Have you seen earlier today the FBI released a statement regarding information provided to our public access line on January 5th of this year? The caller provided information about Nicholas Cruz and the potential of him becoming a school shooter. Under normal protocol, this information should have been provided to the Miami field office. Their appropriate investigative steps would have been taken. The FBI has determined that protocol was not followed. The information was not provided to the Miami field office and no further investigation was conducted at that time. The FBI is still investigating the facts of the situation. We will conduct an in-depth review of our internal procedures for responding to information that is provided by the public. The FBI remains dedicated to keeping the American people safe. 
on behalf of myself and over 1,000 employees of the Miami field office, we truly regret any additional pain that this has caused. Okay, now this is a very serious piece of information because uh, depending upon the information that was made available to the FBI, as the agent indicates, on January 5th of 2018, which would be uh, not even two months ago, only about six weeks ago, uh, what was revealed during that call and to what extent uh, was information revealed during that call, uh, one would think that uh, all that information would be really, really important. It's sounding like more than a few people knew about Nicholas Cruz. The family that took Nicholas Cruz in after his mother died in the autumn of last year, they are saying over the weekend they are shocked. They had no idea that the young man that was sharing their home was capable of something like this. We wanted to tell our side of the story. Um, I don't want to take anything away from the fact and um, but we just wanted to tell our side of the story. The, the Nick we knew was not the monster he turned out to be. And now you look at him and you say to yourself? Um, we, we talk about it all the time. Is there something we missed? Is there something we could have done? Uh, we don't know. We have no clue. We, we, don't know, we don't know what put him in this state. We knew he was depressed. You know, we didn't realize he was just lost, though. Okay, those are, uh, I guess that's the father or the father figure of that family in Florida that took in Nicholas Cruz. Well, we can say a couple of things, and we'll open the phone lines at 855-785-8255. We have Larry Elder coming up uh, at 7 o'clock. Until then, uh, you and me here, let's uh, hash this out here at 855-785-8255. That family, um, again... Uh, I'm not going to attack that family because by all accounts, uh, they're good Samaritans, right? A kid, a kid, literally a teenager, loses his father, then loses his mother, and he's an orphan. And this family takes the child in, takes the kid, uh, 19 years old, takes the kid into their home. Uh, that is, by all accounts, something that independent of any other events, we would all say, wow. What a uh, what a um, what a kind thing to do. What a what a proper thing to do. What a uh, the, the the work of a good Samaritan. I think we would all agree. But the question becomes: To what extent did this family talk amongst themselves about Nicholas Cruz? I mean, you got the kid living there with an AR-15, and we said last week as we talked about it. Apparently, there was one key for the AR-15, and Nicholas Cruz had the key, and the family knew he had the key, and they said to him, "Here, you keep the key. You're going to be the only one with the key, and you're in charge. You're the custodian, for lack of a better term, of this AR." 15 of this weapon. So um, I, I know that some people, a couple of emotions are going on. Some people are kind of shocked that this family uh, didn't know anything. And you might count me in that group. I mean, to have somebody around you at 19 years old who's acting this way. I mean, they were obviously interacting with him very little. 
They were having very little interaction with him, with Nicholas Cruz, if they didn't know any of this. If they're completely shocked by his social media presence, they were clearly having very little interaction with him. You follow what I mean? Uh, now, if, if they were, maybe they were, maybe they were interacting with him. Maybe they were having meals with him every day. And maybe he was just sort of hiding this online social media lifestyle, hiding it away from the family that took him in. That's possible, too. Our number is 855-785-8255, 855-785-8255. Again, from the principal at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, who, by the way, I learned a thing or two about Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, a lady who lived to 108 years old and was known as the grandmother of the Everglades, was very active in saving the Everglades there in South Florida. On Wednesday, we experienced an unthinkable act of violence. My heart is breaking for the victims' families in our entire Stoneman Douglas community. I really need to thank the students and the staff for their heroic efforts on Wednesday, putting in place our procedural protocols that we practice quite regularly. I truly, truly believe that lives were saved due to those protocols. Thank you to the first responders for getting here quickly and coming in the masses. I've never seen such a force of power get here in such a short amount of time. Thank you to the school district local, state, even federal authorities for all of their support and their continued support moving forward. We've gotten such an outcry of support worldwide via email and social media. And I thank you on behalf of the whole Stoneman Dulles community. All right, that's Principal Thompson uh, from uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Here's Mario Thousand Oaks. Uh, Want to squeeze in a call here. Hi, Mario. Go right ahead. Did we lose Mario or turn up Mario in there or have we lost Mario? All right. Uh, Line three. uh, Computer is acting weird. I can't read your name on the screen, but I am talking to you. Hi. 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 Go right ahead. Your first name, sir. Yeah. My name is Rick. Hi, Rick. Go right ahead. And it's terrible of the situation and what happens. And everyone runs to kind of gun control laws and things. But no one ever mentions what happened in China just recently, where they had 33 killed and I think 140 injured by knife attacks by this uh, uh, group of people. Well, sure. You know, it's uh, not only it's not only guns that that are destroying and killing people. Agreed. But no one ever mentions when the when the knives happen. Well, sure they, they do. Sure. I, th- I think people do mention when the knives happen, but to your point, because I, I think it's a good point and it's an important conversation to have. Uh, you're right. It's not just guns that kill p- people, period. New sentence. Now let's deal with the guns that are killing people. Uh, can anyone imagine any scenario in which this 19 year old with this history of this particular individual having a gun? Can anyone imagine no, that? You probably can't. But what, what people fail to realize, if someone is determined to do something, they could create a bomb. They could use a knife. I mean, the, the protocol or the effort should be in the preventative aspect. You know, there were so many systems that failed that seemed to have this guy 
targeted for yeah, such behavior. The argument's interesting. Your argument's interesting because it almost casts the gun as irrelevant in all of this. When you say, well, if someone wants to do something, they'll figure out a way to do it. Casting the gun as almost irrelevant or less important. He'll find a knife. He'll find a hammer. He'll find a book of matches. He'll find some other way to do some dastardly deed, which is uh, possibly true, by the way. I don't I don't dismiss that. Uh, but I think it stretches uh, reality a little bit. Uh, more of your phone calls as we continue. Larry Elder, the sage, coming along at 7 o'clock. The Answer All-Stars this week. Jennifer Horn is on vacation. Morning Answer with Brian and Jennifer. As we continue, the students there at Stoneman Douglas are saying, we are the last students this is ever going to happen to. It's 6.30. This is the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. So, Jen's in Hawaii, and while Jen's away, the Answer All-Stars play. All this week, it's Brian Whitman and Hugh Hewitt and Dennis Prager and Michael Medved and Larry Elder. Good luck, guys. Yeah, you're going to need it, boys. Oh, and by the way, Hugh Hewitt has confirmed he has no fear. There were some scurrilous rumors circulating. The radio station uh, began about Thursday last week. People said, you know, Hugh, apparently he's not going to show up. We're hearing he's fearful of doing a show with you. He's he's intimidated. He's not going to show up, apparently. Well, we got the call. We heard it. We'll cue it up and we'll play it back later. Hugh Hewitt called me to say, oh, no, Whitman, I will be there starting at 6.06 with the 6 o'clock club as soon as that show starts and if you think i'm afraid of you you've got another thing coming i'll tell you who's not afraid which is evident by that cool looking jacket sitting in the studio the siege larry elder is going to go one-on-one with me and we'll talk about uh, all of these issues from parkland to the Mueller investigation to daca etc coming up after seven o'clock with Larry Elder here on the morning answer. Well, this would be the time, believe it or not, if you looked outside and saw some of the external cameras that LAPD and law enforcement has out there on the freeway, you'd see, you'll see full freeways already at 20 minutes before seven o'clock on a Tuesday that feels like a Monday morning. Is it time for Waymo? What's Waymo? Waymo is sort of like Uber, but a little bit different. Arizona, the state of Arizona, gave Waymo Transportation Network Company status on January 24th, following their application on January 12th, according to courts. The application contained photos of the self-driving Chrysler Pacifica minivans that Waymo will be operating in five states. The company, Waymo, is assembling a fleet consisting of thousands of these vehicles. Waymo has been testing in Arizona since April, where select Phoenix residents were given 24-7 total access to the taxi service for free. Now, listen to this. As you're getting ready, heading out, maybe you're, maybe you have, uh, you know, I, I imagine like a scene from a movie. Maybe you've got a half a cup of coffee in, in one hand and a screaming kid in the other, and you're trying to hold uh, the briefcase in the hand hand where you have the kid and if you know it's an early Tuesday morning and it's been a long three-day weekend and you just don't know how you're gonna do it well would you love to luxuriate hmm 
there is an adjective, would you love to luxuriate in a car that uh, is driverless? You don't have to worry about driving it. The fleet is composed of Pacifica hybrid models, which are actually plug-in hybrids and have an all-electric range of 33 miles. At first, there were engineers in the driver's seats, but no, starting in November, uh, these hailed vehicles became suddenly poof driverless that's right no driver at all and i wonder uh and keep it clean i mean don't be you know we'll kick you off the air you know if you get into any nonsense but we understand here it is it feels like a monday morning it's already tuesday's morning answer and that's good news you might have a thousand things to do right i mean i woke up this morning feeling like i had about 12 really important things to do which i would love to be able to do and i'll do them today after i work But if I have an hour and a half commute to work or if I have an hour to kill on the way to work and I could get some of that stuff done, some of that stuff done now sitting in the backseat of a driverless car. Well, does that sound attractive to you or are you psyched out by the safety concerns of sitting in the backseat of a driverless car? Our number is 855-785-8255. As I like to say, the Lord does not giveth with both hands. He give he giveth the convenience of being motored across the Southland in a driverless car. But what it, he does not giveth is he does not giveth you the security of human judgment protecting you as it drives you in that Waymo vehicle. Spelling on that, by the way, is W-A-Y-M-O. With its new status, Waymo can start charging riders for its service, which will be accessed from a computer or on an app. That sounds just like Uber, doesn't it? This could spell trouble for Uber, they say. A company with serious self-driving aspirations of its own. Lyft is another that has some serious self-driving aspirations of its own. This comes prominently to light when Waymo filed a massive lawsuit against its rival. It accuses Uber of stealing intellectual property relating to self-driving technology. I think you still have to get over the hump. You still have to get over the obstacle that people are willing to get in a car, what, I assume sit in the back seat? Because there's that would be that would be so freaky because there's nobody else in the car anyway. So you just slide into the back seat of that car and you just sit in the back seat of that car and you tell it through the app where to take you and it just drives you there. And you as the customer, uh, I guess you're supposed to have complete and total faith and trust in the security of that vehicle to get you from point A to point B. I don't know if Angelinos uh, have that. I don't know if Angelinos have that level of faith in the technology that surrounds us. Our number is 855-785-8255. Larry Elder joins us at 7 o'clock on your Tuesday morning answer. Feels like Monday, but look at that. It's already Tuesday. 645. This is the morning answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Yeah, Jen's out this week, so it's the Answer All-Stars. All this week, it's Whitman and Hewitt and Prager and Medved and Elder. Let's spin the wheel of Answer All-Stars. Yes, and the wheel has come up on the siege of South Central 
Uh, Larry Elder will join us after 7 o'clock here for the balance of Tuesday's Morning Answer. I know it feels like Monday, but believe it or not, we're a step ahead already. It's Tuesday. I noticed yesterday something I hadn't noticed in the past. A lot of businesses remained open on President's Day. It used to be President's Day was like Memorial Day. Everything was closed. But uh, I did notice that, uh, I don't know if others noticed, that um, a, 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 an inordinate number of businesses small businesses remained open yesterday. Kevin, did you notice that as you were out and about doing your shopping with the family? I did. You did notice. I noticed that too, Zach. Yeah, to buy a mat. It was a great day to buy a mattress. What are you kidding? And that's what the founding fathers would want. That's what uh, Washington and Lincoln would want this uh, yesterday to be a day for you to go out and get uh, some really nice linen uh, for the for the bedroom. I, I I think that's the idea. On Saturday night. No, Sunday night was the NBA All-Star Game. Everything feels like it was, you know, we're a day back because it's, uh, you know, we had Monday off. So the NBA All-Star Game on Sunday night right here in L.A. at the Staples Center. Fergie, oh yeah, Fergie Ferg came out and sang the national anthem. And wouldn't you know... None of the NBA players... None of them took a knee. What so proudly wave mm. at the twilight's last gleam, whose broad stripes and bright stars. That's a sexy and patriotic version of the national anthem from Fergie at the NBA All Star Game. And uh, then, of course, uh, you know, it always gets, uh, you know, it's always going to get wild at the uh, at the uh, when it comes to sports this time of year, because you can look at the NBA All-Star game. Or if you really, 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 really want, you can surrender to the 2018 uh, Winter Olympics from the only triple axle landed by a female American skater at the Olympics to the USA's first men's single medal in the luge at the games. U.S. athletes are making history. That's right. Yes. We're making history in 2018. In uh, South Korea, we're making history. I almost said North Korea. I, I do. I still get them confused. Athletes from 92 nations are fiercely competing for a chance to stand on those coveted Olympic podiums. In South Korea, there are 15 different sporting events and a total of 102 events. Team USA already has 12, a dozen Olympic medals. Doing pretty good. Team USA's Jamie Anderson took home the gold in the 2018 Winter Games after she performed in less than perfect weather conditions, I'll say. She said, I was trying to keep the spirits high, like, let's run it, the 27-year-old athlete said. A handful of the girls were like, no, it's not safe. And she said, it's not like what we're doing is safe anyhow. So let's just run for it. So how about that? Now, these um, now I understand there is some there is some 
uh, time delay on some of these Olympic Games. I understand some of what we're watching tonight, for example, was actually those competitions. They had them like in in August of 2016, and NBC has had them in a vault on tape delay, and they're running them tonight on Channel Four. So we don't want to. We're not spoil. We're not going to do any. Uh, no spoiler alerts, okay? No spoiler alerts. We promise you that. We promise you there will be no spoiler alerts on this morning answer broadcast, okay? The students at uh, Parkland, Florida, at Stoneman Douglas, uh, they are angry. They are taking action. They are saying that they are the last group of students in America that this type of thing, this type of school shooting is going to happen to. This is David Hobbs one of the students there at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. President Trump, you control the House of Representatives, you control the Senate, and you control the executive. You haven't taken a single bill for mental health care or gun control and passed it. And that's pathetic. We've seen a government shutdown. We've seen tax reform, but nothing to save our children's lives. Are you kidding me? You think now is the time to focus on the past and not the future to prevent the death of thousands of other children? You sicken me. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. If you have a good idea, let's work together as Americans and come to a compromise. Because in politics, if no one side ever wins. It's always through compromise that changes happen. I don't want anybody saying uh, just, I'm so sorry. I want you getting out there. I want people doing things about this. If you can't do something about it, get out of office. This is our future. Uh, that's David Hogg, one of the students there in Parkland. And he says, and the student body there is saying, you know what? Okay, now is not the time to talk about gun control. The time to talk about gun control, they have determined, is March 24th. That will be the day that they would like to talk nationally about the issue of gun control. The White House has indicated uh, that they'd like to review the process of background checks, because keep in mind, this Nicholas Cruz uh, did pass a background check. And when you factor in the public access line where information comes into the FBI in Miami. Listen to this one agent talk about the information that came in right after the first of the year regarding the shooter last week. Have you seen earlier today the FBI released a statement regarding information provided to our public access line on January 5th of this year. The caller provided information about Nicholas Cruz and the potential of him becoming a school shooter. Under normal protocol, this information should have been provided to the Miami field office. Their appropriate investigative steps would have been taken. The FBI has determined that protocol was not followed. The information was not provided to the Miami field office and no further investigation was conducted at that time. The FBI is still investigating the facts of this situation. We will conduct an in-depth review of our internal procedures for responding to information that is provided by the public. The FBI remains dedicated to keeping the American people safe. On behalf of myself and over 1,000 employees of the Miami field office, 
We truly regret any additional pain that this has caused. I believe that's FBI agent Lasky out of Miami talking about uh, the information that came in to the public access line to the FBI about the shooter. Shocked. uh, So many Americans are shocked and count among those who are shocked. The family that took in Nicholas Cruz last year in the autumn time after his mother, after the shooter's mother died, we understand, of pneumonia. The family uh, that took him in knew he had an AR-15. They also had an understanding, they say, with him that he was the custodian of the weapon, that he had the only key and that he was to lock up the weapon and he was to take care of the weapon and keep the weapon safe. Here's a bit of that family speaking out now after this horrific tragedy. We wanted to tell our side of the story. Um, I don't want to take anything away from the fact, and um, but we just wanted to tell our side of the story. The, the Nick we knew was not the monster he turned out to be. And now you look at him and you say to yourself? Um, we, we talk about it all the time. Is there something we missed? Is there something we could have done? Uh, we don't know. We have no clue. We, we, don't know, we don't know what put him in this state. We knew he was depressed. You know, we didn't realize he was just lost, though. Now, that is a family that obviously was pretty detached from a 19-year-old guy living in their home. I mean, if you look at the social media postings of Nicholas Cruz, uh, I don't know Nicholas Cruz. I've never met him. But if you showed me or if I showed you on AM870 or you waking up in the IE on AM590 or listening to our app, uh, it's free, the AM870 app. If you read some of those social media postings, you would probably agree like I do, that his postings are aggressive, to say the least, and they are uh, rhetorically violent, if, if, that's, a, if that's a phrase that, that, uh, that can be used. This family clearly uh, didn't take a look at that information or was sort of uh, making a conscious effort to not consume that information while this 19-year-old, Nicholas Cruz, was living under their roof in Florida. As we continue on The Morning Answer, it is Brian and Jennifer. Jennifer's on vacation. Larry Elder's up next. The Sage from South Central is filling in. The Answer All-Stars continues coming up on 7 o'clock.